All right, Charles, we did it. Another year in the books. This is season three. We just blatantly determined that we're going to start <laughs> season three today. It felt right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the, re the real reason is because it's been forever since we did a podcast episode and uh, we just said, hey, why not start another season? Well, and people want what they can't have. Wow. Okay. So so we're, so we're gonna to be get. we're gonna be doing our we're only doing six episodes this season. Uh, no. They'll be every other month. Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. what we there were sixteen episodes in season two. Oh, that's pretty good. So we didn't do two a month, but we did more than one a month. Yeah. I'm well, actually we have pretty some proud of ourselves. Catching up to do now. I think one a month is a better goal. <laughs> or fifteen a year. That's a okay. good number. Yeah. Well, we. It truly is season three, which is pretty wild. This is our sec or second year, third year of doing the podcast. Third year of owning a shop. Yep. Third year of living up in Saratoga. <laughs> what else? <laughs> so many things. <laughs> three is good. <laughs> and we've had some new um, uh, eye-opening moments with the shop. And, you know, it's ever-evolving. It's a fluid business. <laughs> That doesn't. I don't know. Well, no, we sell fluids. Runny. <laughs> we sell spirits. <laughs> I don't know. I just think of you need fluids like no, your system. No, no, no. I am a little stuffy today, so. And I had just uh, gotten over my cold and congestion, so yeah. back to Charles. But Charles was traveling for most of September, and I'll be traveling for most of October. So. Right there in a nutshell. I mean, that's the real reason why Our we excuses. haven't done a podcast. <laughs> um, we tried to crank one out before I left. Yeah. And um, that was just a big fat dream. You were scrambling for some reason right then. I guess it was... It was you know. crazy. Uh, well, we're in October. And now Charles will take the helm of the shop and steer the ship. Um, Keep it up upright. <laughs> Sometimes you feel like you can't steer it alone. It's just sometimes meandering. it moves. It's kind of weird. You sit yeah. here behind the counter, and the the front window looks like the a captain's window. I was going to say, should we call you captain? Yeah, <laughs> we should put on a, a hat. Ship mate. <laughs> just need a big steering wheel back here. <laughs> oh, that would actually be pretty cool. To make it. Make this a ship. So I was just at... Um, Charles is very Well, no, right no, now. no. There was, um, you know, for those of you who have been to Glen Farkless, they have a pretty cool tasting room next to their gift area, gift shop. And it's a replication of a ship. Uh, very classy, luxury. I can't remember the name of the boat, but, but the, wood, the wood paneling in there is straight out of the ship. The, the molding and the ceiling is replica exactly of that room on the ship. Uh, the doors lead to bathrooms, which would have been on the ship. It's really, it's pretty cool. I don't You're know. sitting at, yeah. No, that should, they're not on the water. That's, that's a Talisker no, but, old Pulteney No, that thing. was, no, it was a Grant family, like, mm, decision. I don't like it. Uh, oh, okay. I don't know. I, I don't like I'll it. I'll tell you what, everybody who was there thought it was very cool. And I've. And I, I, so I they were too. on a boat on land. It's a very <laughs> cool Scotch-looking tasting. I'm just room. surprised. They they strike me more as fancy old uh, barn house. No, 
<laughs> not boat people. It was a, an important boat. <laughs> I can't remember what boat it was. They have pictures in there. You're going to be there next week. Go look. No, I, we're not going to Glen Farkas. Oh, you're not? No. Oh, you couldn't even get a regular tour? No, remember, it just didn't line up with oh. the schedule. Oh, yeah. okay. We had too many other... This is a good problem. We had too many private tours. Okay. And it just didn't... All right. And we wanted to see Belvania and Glen Fittick side by side. Okay, right, right. So right. it just That's didn't shape there. out. Yeah, and yeah. they are open odd hours or they are, odd yeah. days of the week. So we'll pass it. Um, well, you should stop. See the boat? Yeah, see the boat. <laughs> you know what? I'll go see that boat and I'll let you know if I like it. You won't. I know you won't. <laughs> I'm not anti-boat. It sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, just was not... I didn't see Glenn Farkless being boat people, the family, Grant family. So it just shocked me a little bit. They're farm. They're farm people. You should go in there. All right. Well, anyways. I'm sure like your group will like it. You might not, but your group will like it. My group actually. They will like it. I know your group. Well, we can't go. We don't have any time. You saw the schedule. Okay. So I'll have to go on my own when I go back north. But Charles was in Scotland for a very uh demanding golf and whiskey <laughs> trip don't say demanding <laughs> well as he said it's a lot of logistics when you get skiing or golfing or anything with big yeah. no it was a new involved. it was a new type of trip so there were interesting uh things that i learned uh as you do with anything that's new and um this was the first trip where i had golf as part of the experience and um, this was a group that came up to me and wanted to do this so I went ahead and made arrangements to play golf at some really great beautiful courses but um, you know I didn't really understand how long golf took and um, <laughs> so I had planned some things you know shortly after they finished their rounds and in retrospect you should just have golf days and then you should just have whiskey days and not try to combine it the two. It's an all-day thing. Yeah, it's an all-day thing, and it's a, it's tiring. And, um, you know, the weather was a little bit of a challenge, which it can be in Scotland. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was a great trip overall, but there were definitely times when I was like, huh, that could have been done a little differently. I mean, that's quite a different trip from our whiskey. Yeah, I mean, when you're kind of just focused on distilleries and and food or just getting lunch or whatever in between these things that's you know that's our that's what we do mm-hmm. um, and we know what things might take longer yeah, or what yeah where we have wiggle room just from right experience yeah. yeah and you know these places were were great um but i'm sure the the group would have enjoyed probably going and sitting at the bar at the golf club after their round and enjoying a little bit more downtime. So lesson learned. Uh, If you want to come and play golf, we can do that. Just uh, we're not going to do whiskey at the same time. And that's where you got this really cool bottle. Yeah, so I brought, uh, I I, I bought a bottle for Holly and myself for our two-year anniversary. And it's from Craig Alecky, which is, you know, one of our favorite mm-hmm. uh, distilleries. And it's from the Thompson Brothers. And I got to meet one of the Thompson Brothers, which was pretty cool. Are they older or younger? No, they're younger. Okay, I thought I saw a photo of They're like your age. At the whiskey show, and he was very old. Maybe oh, it was no. their dad involved or Oh, something? I don't know. I met Phil, okay. and he was younger. Maybe I misread the caption, but I thought they were young. 
Yeah. And well, they own the Doorknock Hotel as well? Well, or? I don't know if they own the hotel, but they own the Doorknock Distillery. Yeah. And maybe just manage the hotel? Well, I know that... Because that was on his signature. Was Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they do. I, You know, I didn't read into that, but... I love going there. It's for one, it's mm-hmm. one of the most amazing whiskey bars. Uh, just because of they have just some really unique offerings. It's yeah. not your standard offerings. They even have quite a bit of Japanese there. They've got a lot of different things, but it's probably one of the best places besides maybe the Artisan down in Wishaw where you can get a you know a, the ability to taste a lot of the Thompson Brothers independent bottlings and. Uh, I didn't actually have time on this last trip to actually even get a dram or have lunch there because we had some car problems. But um, we did stop by the the independent bottling shop, which I had never. Door? No, it's in another part of town. Oh, so is it new? Because you know what happened to the bottle shop that was next door. It's yeah, I don't know. This isn't next door though. This okay. is a few blocks away. Um, so I went over there and they had quite a lot. Um, on the shelf and then they did have some bottles that he told me were coming to the states very soon um, and they were not blends well, I think one was a blended malt but then there were a couple of younger single malts as well but those are coming to New York at some point is that just because they're expanding or they just chose to release mm, some finally I, th- in I the states I think they're expand. yeah I think both mm-hmm I, I love the both. label. Yeah, isn't that awesome? Yeah. It's really cool. It's very it's very door knock. So it's that. a fifteen year refill hogshead Craig Allicky. Uh it's called what's the name on the front? Yeah, it's a refill hogshead. Same but different beard oil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds like Craigalicky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and speaking of Craigalicky, um I'll have to find that bottle shop too, because we will be at the door knock for lunch. Well, um, we drove. It's it's a good three, four blocks from the... That's all right. We'll just yeah. pop over there. I yeah. want people to have a chance to shop. Um, Krigalaki is, yeah, one of our favorites. And it's not open to the public. It never has been. It's not one of the was before COVID. Um, like I was looking at Mortlock. Mortlock was always open to the public. Now oh. it's not open to oh, the really? public anymore. Yeah. Huh. So I, I guess I kind of thought everyone had reopened, but I know some people, I guess, didn't. Um, but, uh, yeah, on our trip, we're actually, we were able to make it work. We're going to go and see the worm tubs That's awesome. at Kregalaki Distillery. So we're going to drink a bunch of Kregalaki at the Kregalaki Hotel by the Kregalaki Bridge the night before, almost like, uh, ghost stories of worm tubs. Nice. And then the next morning before we head to Inverness, we're going to pop up and see their awesome. worm tubs. They're all a little bit different. And yeah, I, I drove by a, a few times on this this last week, but um, I have yet to be uh, inside there. So someday, someday I make it happen. Yeah, we'll definitely get in there. Well, I'll open this up. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll be heading to Scotland with a group. It'll be our uh, more traditional whiskey trip with Speyside Highlands. We've got eight people. I'm really excited. It's going to be an awesome group, jam-packed itinerary. I was talking with Gordon Bruce at Nakdu yesterday, and um, he's all excited to have us and said, don't get your hopes up. Uh, <laughs> it's just me, classic Gordon Bruce, <laughs> underestimating himself. Um, but another Worm Tub Distillery, so that'll be awesome. Um, 
and then I'll stay for a week and hang out with my husband. There and you go. That actually, the pressure's on for that trip. Um, More so with your husband? Yeah, because what dis- <laughs> we have a limited to- amount of time. We want to do a lot of hiking, but what distilleries do we see when we only, say we're only going to see two. Which ones do we see? Wow, only two. Yeah, because we, we've got so many things planned, which I'm excited about because usually when we go to Scotland, we don't hike in the Cairngorms or see the fairy pools on Sky because we're too busy with yeah. whiskey stuff. So I am excited for that, but you know I want it to be a mix. So at, guess which distillery I booked this morning for him to see. I'll give you, it's Speyside. You'll never guess. <laughs> yeah, forget it. <laughs> You didn't really try, but... It's not Glenn Farkless. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. <laughs> no, it's not. But I looked at them. Uh, but he likes... I've trained him well. He likes... Uh, doesn't like heavy sherry. Well, he does, but he prefers like a Klein Leash or, um, you know, that sort of Lottie style. Okay. Um, yeah, so... It's Diageo. Cardew? No. Oh, Mortlock with the other. Yeah, I looked at Mortlock because I've never seen the Wee Witchy. Um, Singleton? No. <laughs> Dufton? <laughs> uh, what else we got there? Uh, what else is there? Inchgower? <laughs> I wish we could go see Inchgower. They're Diageo. Yeah, but they're. they're well, who else a is Diageo? Uh, I mean, they've got tons of workhorse distilleries, but you can't go see them. Um, oh, I'm going to tell you. Yeah, go ahead. Craig and Moore. Okay, yeah. Which no one will be there. That's cool, though. And another worm tub. You know, story. you'll be able to do a fill your own there. And he, Eric, has not had anything. My husband has not had anything from them. And I know that he's going to like some of their special, like the hand fill. You yeah. Know, something that's special. Oh, it'll be great. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited. I remember when I went, it was. It was nice. Um, I was going to do Dunfail. That's how that our news kind of came up. Um, Dunfail is the new distillery by Bimber up in Speyside. You can taste their new make, and I guess they do have some IBs that you can taste and some Bimber. Um, but they were just closed the week that we were going, and oh. it hit me. Craggenmore. Yeah. Um, you know, I drove, I drove by Cairn. Uh, for the oh, first time, it? I didn't stop. Yeah, but it looked awesome. I think we're gonna try and pop in there. Too. You should definitely try and yeah. pop in. But I'm trying to keep it also as things. I want him to taste the actual. Yeah. He's never been to a distillery, you know, so I can't just drag him everywhere and taste new make. I right. mean, that's what I want to do. But yeah, you know. I, so what's the other one? Um, well, he's gonna come with me to. Um, uh, they just opened, but Port of Leith okay. Distillery. Nice. Um, early on in the yeah, trip. Yeah, I wish we could have done that. It looks really wild. Yeah. Um, it just opened. Right. Uh, we just 1. missed it. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, you know where you should also go? You said Holyrood, I know, but I don't know if we're going to have time. Their, re- their release just came out this week. Their first at the release. Distillery? Yeah. Oh, then we'll at least You have pop to in. go. Yeah. Um, and then Lindor's we're nice. going to oh, on wow. Fife. Um, and then we don't have anything booked, but I think we're just going to pop into Talisker when we're on Sky. Oh, you have to. And Tor, oh, and Toriabeg. We're going to Toriabeg. Nice. 
forgot about that. Okay, it's pretty whiskey filled. <laughs> I didn't realize, but. Um, well, the hand fill at Talisker is amazing. It's the Bordeaux cask. All right. I mean, incredible. Yeah. So that's a Diageo. Um, who's Tori Beck? I forget. It I is know. someone. Uh, I don't remember. I'll have to look it up. Maybe we'll feature them on our next podcast. But so we're not blind tasting today. We both just want to enjoy this Kregalaki. So cheers, Charles. Cheers. Oh, it's, oh, it's dirty. It's like beard oil. But it's uh, it's got like this nice kind of viscous lemon balm. Like an Ooh, essential wow. oil lemon Ooh. balm. That's it's pretty dark. strong. 51.6. It's only 51. Wow. That's because I haven't had whiskey in Let's almost see. a week. I have a fresh palate too. Let's see. It is tart. <clears throat> it's good though. It's really good. Definitely worm tubby. Oh, but it's got that nice mouth coating. It's not necessarily heavy. No. But it's got a nice loose oil mouth coating. Yep. Not too thick. No, nope, but, but definitely evaporates to just tons of citrus. Yeah. Tons of lemon. Well, that's what a refill hogshead will will do for you. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks, Charles. This is a nice. No, it's thanks to treat. us. That was on our credit card. <laughs> we don't buy a lot of stuff for ourselves, so this is good. It's research and development. Is how Let's I look at it. Actually, drink this one, not like the other bottles yes. we've bought for ourselves. I know. And, <laughs> so we'll actually drink this one. We need our own cabinet. <laughs> shop whiskey, but personal shop mm-hmm. whiskey. So we do, I mean, since the last episode, we've had a lot of new things come into the shop and also leave the shop. So I'm not going to go through everything. But just some things to know. Um, McLean's nose. So that's a blended malt, right? It is. Yeah. No, blended scotch. Oh, it's a blended scotch, right. He wants to bring that back. Um so Charles McLean um, clearly partnered with Arden Merkin on this project, which is fine. I know he's involved with them. Um, same looking bottle, uh, but really cool label. Uh, we haven't had it, but is that really the price? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Thirty nine ninety nine. Which is actually, yeah, that's a good price. Wow. Um, we also got in some of the Isla Barley from Port Charlotte. Um, and then typically, I've it's been interesting, I... We obviously carry sherried single malt and Irish and sherried whiskeys in general, but um, I tend to go for the Hogshead or ex-bourbon just for my drinking style. But I've been tasting some things uh, in the New Worlds category, and I've been really digging sherry-matured releases from New World um, over the bourbon, which is kind of shocking me. Um, I know some people might say that's because it hides youth, uh, but I disagree. (laughs) Um, Sometimes it can. It can, yes, just like Pete. But being able to taste the bourbon matured side by side, I knew it wasn't that, um, at least in my opinion. So we have the Swedish High Coast, which used to be Box Distillery. Uh, Some of you may have heard of that, but rebranded. And they're all higher ABV, too, over 50%. Their Berg, their Spanish Oak release, is fantastic. Um, And then the Lakes, uh, edition number four. I believe we're on four or five um, has won a ton of awards really cool bottle but they're I think that's sherry and wine matured but really really awesome stuff um, 
We also got the M&H Sherry Caskin, which is the big, big award winner. Penelope uh, released a nine-year four grain, so one of That looks oldest. really good. I was looking at that bottle today. I think it is. Yeah. this bourbon. 85% corn. Yeah. It kind of reminded me when I looked at the mash bill of some of the high corn found north. Yeah. You know, that sort of I vibe. bet it's really good. Um, we also got the barrel Ambarana. Uh, and we've tasted a couple things with this Brazilian oak, Umbarana. Uh, not all of them have tickled our fancy, but we liked the barrel. Uh, they did. We thought they did a really nice job with that. Tastes like really delicious coconut suntan oil. Um, Nothing of- like SPF 50 in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, suntan oil would be SPF 5. Okay. <laughs> Because you're trying to get tan and get burned. Let's keep this fluid. Yeah, so not suntan lotion, uh, tanning oil. Yeah, I should have been clear about that. Um, Lost Lantern, a couple things from them. uh, But the newest one, uh, which is exclusive to us here in New York, is the Still Austin, which is great. The Still Austin bourbon. That's really tasty. I really like that. And you were you were nervous. I was because I tasted something else and I didn't. I wasn't sure about it. Yeah, because you then you made me nervous. Yeah, because we tasted that first at a party. Yeah, and said we'll take it, and then I must have tasted something else, or I don't know. It's got a nice something happened. Kind of sweet apple chalky. There's something chalky to the texture mm-hmm. that I like, uh, but we have their soaring spice fray ranch and then their far flung custom bourbon blend. Um, those are, I mean, all just solid, solid whiskeys. Um, we also got something from New York. I thought I would mention it. It was a crowd favorite in a class that I did, but, um, we're always happy to find New York distilleries, but Barrel House 6 in distillery in, uh, the Finger Lakes, I forget which lake, uh, but their bourbon and a sherry finish. And then we also got the Glenalkey wood finish series new releases hungarian and spanish oak in too which those i feel like people reach for other things in when they're looking at our shelf but everyone that has left with one or was at a tasting with one yeah really good raves about it yeah it's really good so it kind of gets left out on the shelf but then when it's finally open people are obsessed yeah which is interesting um yeah cadden heads we got one of their rums in from panama yeah so lots of our first tequila. I mean, so much has happened since we've spoken to you. <laughs> first tequila. Um, but anyways, uh, anything you want to add, Charles? Did I miss anything? Uh, I don't think so from a new product standpoint. There's a, there's I mean, a lot. We're, we have, we're pretty packed right now with, with offerings, which is great. Here we are getting into mm-hmm. October, and you can already feel the holidays coming. So yeah. um, we have some really great stuff coming the rest of this month as well so pretty pretty cool oh with a just a little dash of water in that Kregaliki oh yeah the mouthfeel just a very very little mmm it's yeah see what you think it, it helps the uh, open up the mouthfeel the oil even more literally so our distillery focus of the day is barrel bourbon and uh, I guess they're not even a distillery. The brand focus of the day, uh, the blending facility focus of the day. <laughs> um, I mean, geez, we could have a whole blenders series for American whiskey, but 
they actually just opened and had the ribbon cutting of their new blending maturation facility and it looks awesome uh it looks like a brewery it looks like they've just got a bunch of tanks and all they're missing are the stills is basically. that right in louisville oh i didn't look at the location no. but i mean it's not i don't think it's far and i'm not sure huh. i didn't read the full article but i think they're gonna try and have people come visit it really i think but i could be huh. mistaken um but it looks really cool. Maybe I'll try and do that. Um, the the founder is Joe Beatrice. He comes from a technology marketing background. Uh, but this brand has actually been around for quite some time. And they really, I think, were the ones that put the uh, higher end, higher quality spin on, on blenders in the American whiskey world. And I think... Um, you know, even Boone County, although they've transitioned, Lucky Seven, Penelope, um, Kings. I mean, a lot of them, I know that they don't necessarily, they're competitors, but they have to have been looking at Barrel as one of the, a pioneer yeah. in this world. Yeah, I mean, they were definitely, I remember coming on as a premium offering early on. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I never looked at them as I did like say High West or some of the other people that were early on sourcing, you know, barrels and stuff from MGP or wherever. Um, I don't know. They seem more like an independent bottler to me mm -hmm. than they did a, an actual brand or like a brand that was going to become a distillery. Um, like High West eventually, you know, started their distillery and um, they just felt more like bottlers. To me, I mean, you, you mentioned blenders and yes, they're great at that and they're great at finishing and they're great at doing a lot of really incredible stuff with not just whiskey too, with rum mm -hmm. and other things. Um, but I never, I, I kind of treated them if it wasn't, if, um, if they weren't uh, doing other spirits and doing stuff in Canada and other places, I probably would have to say that they're, they reminded me a little bit of Lost Lanterns kind of thing going on here you know and i think Lost more Lanterns of a bottler's the generation right like where right. smaller distilleries you know smaller bat even smaller batches yep. and even more transparency not right. that barrel needs it or wants it they're not doing anything and wrong. they're definitely not transparent no but but think of when they <laughs> launched in 2013 it was a totally different whiskey world yeah yeah now lost lantern that that's popular you know yeah. that's something that people are craving but look at vantage number three in the top 10 last year I oh mean, i mean they're they make barrels taken off big time too our problem usually with them for the shop is that we like everything we taste but we can't the whole bourbon section can't be barrel right you know so obviously we're kind of cherry picking right um but yeah, I mean, their New Year releases have been some of my yeah, favorites. Yeah, those have been really, really um, good. The last two years, my God. You know, and their American Vatted Malt, I know they dropped that, but I loved that. I mean, I they obviously are good at what they do. Um, and they also have the Stellum line, which, to be honest, and one of the reasons I wanted to feature them was they're, they're kind of going through, a, I guess, with the new facility and... Uh, there's some shakeup in in management in there as well. This is where Chris Riesbeck um, from Westland, commercial director, went over to Barrel, um, which I did not see coming. I, I, I thought he was going to stay in American Single Malt or something else, not bourbon. But um, 
I mean, he's obviously a, a gem, and you already see big changes since he's come into keeping it, you know, kind of narrowing down how many releases they do have. Um, you know, some of their stuff was really expensive, too. Remember their gold releases? Yeah, I mean, but even their regular releases were... Are not cheap. They're not cheap. I mean, now people have caught up with them, but they were always... I didn't know how anyone put that in a cocktail. So I know that Stellum came out, which I'm a little nervous that they're going to drop Stellum because that's not the brand that they've been building for the past 10 years. I really like people, the Stellum stuff. People know Stellum though now. I know, but you saw the new foundation, five-year, yeah. that's Stellum. So I don't know what's going to happen. It's true. Well, I mean, they're different bottle shapes too. I mean, they can keep both running. <laughs> You know, that just gives Barrel the opportunity to have more expansion with, yeah. with other lines. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So, yeah, the new foundation, I guess it is what it says it is, will be a, um, you know, a lower price on the shelf and kind of their entry. Well, I mean, think about it. Um, look at uh, Rare Character. You know, they came out hot and heavy these last two years. You know, everybody did a single barrel with them. And now they came out with Fortuna. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's kind of their flagship. Yeah. So I think sometimes these these bottlers or whatever you want to call them, blenders, bottlers, you know, they realize that, hey, this is all great and we can keep changing things as quickly as we want. But wouldn't it be nice to have something that's more stable and, you know, just going to be there regardless? I, mean, I wonder when they, though... But they've never been quite like that. Like seagrass is a staple. Yeah. What there is kind of a core to them. Is it seagrass? Vantage is new to the yeah. core. I mean, seagrass is really the one I'm, I'm thinking. I'm missing a bur. Maybe just their. I'm missing another one from bourbon. What am I missing? There's another like. I bet if I looked on that that gift pack, that we just saw. There's oh. another one that. Um, I keep. Forgetting. So you've got the seagrass. Oh, dovetail. Oh, yeah, and dovetail. I forgot. But that's an American whiskey, right? That's yeah. not a bourbon. So according to them, their sort of core originally was all of their barrel bourbon releases. So the batches, which were on 35, and 35 is awesome. Dovetail, the American whiskey finished in a bunch of crazy stuff. The rye with seagrass, and then the vantage bourbon just came in. To the mix last year so that's going to be so more of a core but then you have foundation now so maybe that's to help the kind of core barrel bourbon batches yeah because those are a hundred dollars right so maybe this is to help be right. the little sister to that right and but i mean look you even have premium stellums now though too so they've got like all the ranges <laughs> covered i think we're going to see a change in stellum i don't know because it's it's cannibalizing barrel i don't think so the brand i don't think not so. the store picks but the older stuff remember we were even a little nervous we're like that's a hundred dollars on the shelf that's the same as barrel yeah but i don't know i think this just gives them more flexibility personally well and i don't typically say that stellum oh i would do once in a while but i don't say stellum is a part of barrel i kind of keep most it people as don't even know yeah which, hey, if that's how it works out for them, great. Yeah. You have two successful brands. And those Fibonacci premium releases are pretty good. Mm -hmm. 
so they can have their limited release you know yeah as well well definitely some shake up happening and tbd if you can go visit the new blending facility because i didn't read the article yeah anymore. i'll go look <laughs> i doubt they did have the ribbon to, cutting yeah um yeah so that's uh our brand focus of the day and um yeah, if you can see the Amberana and that batch 35. That batch 35 has to have a decent amount of Barton in it, I think. It's got a nice cherry note. It's good. Yeah, we did that um, barrel seminar earlier this year with the Saratoga Whiskey Club. And just even since then, so much has changed. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's just so many offerings. It's crazy. Well, half of what we tasted is gone. I know. Which... And yeah, that Canadian whiskey was fantastic. Like I'd love to try that or some of these, you know. You've had them all. The batch 35? Did I try that one? Oh, shoot. <laughs> See, that's the problem when you try too many things. Yeah. Yeah. You or you're getting those. ready for a trip and you're like, yeah, it's good. <laughs> those are some of the samples I put in front of you yeah. after your last trip. Well, I still have a bunch of samples in front of me and behind me and everywhere. So, um,. What did you think of the Kregalki with it's, the dash of water? It's gone. Oh, here. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really good. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Oh, okay. Um, I have my son's birthday party or birthday dinner tonight, so mm. I have to be good. Okay. Um, All right, we'll I, get out of here. I, I love it. No, it's really good. So our news is, there's a lot of news, and obviously we've missed a bunch since we've been away. And I knew that everyone in our sort of whiskey world was has been discussing and is a little up in arms about this um, cask broker association. And I was listening to some podcasts on it and what's the actual name of it again? Cask, cask broker, I forget the acronym, but, and I mean, obviously it's something to discuss, affects a lot of our friends that are independent bottlers and, um, but I was like, you know, individuals buying whiskey, that's, if we think that what we do with IBs and all of these, you know, special editions and new distilleries and basically what we do at First Fill is niche, people that buy their own cast, at least here in North America, and maybe I'm completely wrong, but I don't know that many people buying their own cast of whiskey. I think it's a for investment. I know it's happening. I know it's definitely shaking up the industry. Um, there's a lot of money being thrown around. Here, let's explain what that is, though. Like, what are you talking about? Like, new distilleries or older distilleries? Mean? Well, no. Like, what what casks are people buying right now? Are they buying, like, Arden American casks because Arden Americans trying to lay down a foundation of owners around the world? Well, no, we're not talking about that. Okay. No, we're not talking about funding a distillery. Okay. All right. Yeah. I just wanted to make that clear because yeah, it, it can get really it can get really confusing. Um, either way, my point is I don't think that's the biggest issue in the room because it's such a small subset of. And to be honest, I don't really care if someone buys a cask of whiskey and they lose money on it. I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I mean, don't we deal with those sorts of? Well, there's risks with anything. Uh, yeah, every yeah. day we're making choices yeah. of. So, I would. Probably, well, A, I don't have, you know, the funds to just be kind of throwing that in. But if I ever did something like that, it would be to share it with people. It would be as an experience. 
I would never think such of, but maybe because we're in the industry, we know it's so volatile yeah. and other people just see numbers on a sheet and see money. Um, either way, I didn't think that it, at least for me, it was my biggest concern of what's going on. My, not necessarily concern, but Charles and I were having this discussion off air and I said, why don't we just start recording because we're kind of discussing what I think people are feeling is, um, there's a lot of new distilleries being built. And we're talking about Scotland. I mean, this could be... This well, you could talk about global. America, too. I, I mean, jeez. Um, but, yeah. We're a little nervous. It actually could be a really great thing for all of us that like independent bottlers. If there's a lot of extra whiskey that needs to be sold, and um, especially from these new distilleries. And, yeah. um, you know, we might have a little bit of a bump in you know the different things that these bottlers get access to but uh in the news again was just um Pernod Ricard is building their first um they don't have an Isla distillery they're building a new one on Isla um you know I I think it's all great but I am a little bit concerned with how much whiskey is being produced and if the forecasting and there's so many people higher up at these big companies that have way more data and way more information than I do. We're just on the ground kind of seeing the vibe of a small subset of, of the globe. But if the markets that they're banking on for drinking blended scotch and single malts does not come to fruition, like South America and India, I know the Asian market's always in the mix for premium things, but they've been in the mix for a while. So we know kind of what's going on there. If that doesn't happen, or if we go through something like, I'm not trying to be, you know, defeatist, but we've seen tequila start to take a rise. I know that's not sustainable. I don't know. I just see all of these new Scotch distilleries, and they're big. I mean, well, they're... I think. Um... I, don't, I, I hear what you're saying, and I, I mean, I guess the question is, are these new distilleries going to be, are they banking on being big producers, you know, that are going to go into blends, or are they really looking at being kind of these one-off kind of producers that can sustain themselves just based on, even if it's just single malt alone? Um, you know, I, I, I think a lot of it is... Um, you know, what are the bigger brands? I mean, yes. Okay. So you have Pernod and you have Chivas and you have some of these bigger brands that are, uh, you know, starting some of these new distilleries and we know what they're kind of going after. They're going to be using quite a bit of this probably for blending. Um, but you do also have a lot of these smaller, um, distilleries. And I mean, we see that here in the U S too, you know, those are always going to be kind of, um, I don't know, it's a, like what Dave Broom was calling, you know, this, it's kind of like they have their place in their place where they're, where they're located. And if those countries don't take off like Diageo thinks, yeah, you know, cause I'm sure that some of the reasoning for these companies is to have supply for your, the big companies, not right, the, the big small ones. blends right, right, right. to, to put into, so you don't have to buy from Diageo or barter, you know, with other people for your malts. So you have more control, you have more volume, and you don't have to buy from these other places yeah. and swap whiskey, which, 
or and have more control over it. Well, look at the maltings, right? I mean, we're starting to see that. But if that goes, if that doesn't come through, say in Portland. seven or eight years, this new distillery on Isla is built, and now all of a sudden the blends, you know, whatever these markets haven't taken off, you better believe that these big companies are about to put a lot of marketing dollars and power behind to to keep their brands going in markets like this. And how does a an Ardenmark can keep up with that outside of the early adopters, right? Like, and I'm, I know it can happen. We see it all the time, yeah. but they can't all break through that. I mean, the amount of marketing power that these brands can push into a market that they want to. And I'm not talking about even some the people that shop at the store, right? They're not mm-hmm. looking at the advertisements, but it's a, it's a lot of money to build a brand. Yeah, but well, I mean, but the the money is not made necessarily on what we're selling here in the shop. You know, it's it's. But for Art American, it has to be, like we're. That's all they. Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't know. I think. I mean, look at Brooklady and and look at some of these distilleries that have been around for twenty years now that they don't. Their whiskeys don't go into blends, and they're doing incredible. You know, they're. But they weren't in the bad years. I mean, you see that in the Water of Life film. I mean, they. Well, before they, re-resurrected themselves. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I I think there's two models. Um, you know, I I I think it really. You know, we're starting to. It is a little concerning. There's no question. I. I it's really hard to predict. And we were talking about India beforehand. I mean, you know, India obviously drinks a lot of alcohol, but what are they drinking? You know, is it, it I, I don't think it's premium stuff by any means. It's going to be cheap, well, cheap blends. Change. Yeah. I don't, but I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know enough about India to know if it's going to change. I mean, Hopefully, India's middle class becomes stronger and, mm. and things change there for the better. But I don't know. I just don't see that shifting the scotch market considerably. I think, if anything, they're so used to maybe blends that maybe there will be premium blends mm. that they'll then drink. And single malt, you know, it has its place in India. But I don't think that the scotch companies are banking on single malt being the answer in India. It's going to be... The mass-produced oh. blends. Where is all the Glenfiddich going then? Well, Glenfiddich was again one of those early, early, early global brands that they've got to be on new markets. They are, and they're expanding like crazy. I just saw their new stillhouse, and it's just oh my god! They have four stillhouses now. It's incredible uh, the amount. But then they do have blends too. Yeah, you know so. Um, and maybe that's what they're banking on is their blend grants. Yeah. You know, maybe that's their thing. Um, and I definitely think that's where they make the most money, you well, know, on margin, money. Yeah. but margin wise. I mean, they're. I guess what I was hoping to see is to kind of keep the, you know, that quality tied and like everyone making sure that, you know, there's growth, it's, it's yeah. steady, but that the quality continues to be premium because that is what their reputation is built on, you know, is good. And you're going to lose 
folks that are folks that shop in our types of stores to IBs if you don't keep that quality well, up. Well, you're also going to lose to New World. Yeah. And that's a whole nother story. That's what story. I'm like. You can build new ones, but why don't we, some of these brands that are building new ones, I'm like, hopefully there's some quality. I just don't want to lose quality over quantity. Well, so far with the new whiskeys that we've tasted from some of these newer places, it's been fantastic. Yeah. Which they are doing attention, but that's the bigger distilleries. We need them to be good too. It'll be really interesting to look back to look back at this point in time, you know, five years from now or ten years from now, looking back at twenty twenty three or twenty or COVID. Just looking back to COVID and seeing what has happened ten years post COVID in the whiskey world. Yeah. You know? So many changes happened in the last three years. Um you know, I mean what is Campbelltown going to be like in 10 years, 15 years? Well, Japan, you yeah. know, Australia. I mean, I there's a lot, and it's very exciting, but I, I guess slow and steady wins the race. You know, that's there's tried and trues, and I'm not anti-change. Obviously, I love New World, but I, I guess I just hope that it stays on like a premium chorus and that some of these markets end up drinking a lot of blended scotch. <laughs> I, I feel pretty good about that. I mean, yeah. Well, that new distillery is, it's not called, I don't know what it's going to be called, but it's in Gartbreck, which I actually took a bike ride in June from Beaumont to this place because it was a French guy who does Cornog, Cornog, Cornog whiskey that has been trying to build a distillery at this little peninsula. Um, And to be honest, it wasn't the best bike ride because you pass through the town sewage plant (laughs) so they have i mean hopefully they didn't buy it out from under him i don't know maybe they made a deal i know he maybe didn't get approved but there is a sign that says gartbreck distillery you can find it on google maps but perno obviously is now involved whether there's there's even others you know coming coming to isla get drinking (laughs) come to first fill (laughs) So, well, it's good to be back um, when I get back from Scotland. So later October, we will record our next podcast. It'll be November. <laughs> That's all right. We did one in October. We're doing right. one a month. So as... season three, episode one. That's a wrap. That's it. See you next month. See you next month. <laughs> Bye. Bye.